morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Thursday, August the 24th, 2023 at 11.33 a.m. Central Time. So there I was, standing behind the pulpit at Victory Baptist Church, which is located in the middle of nowhere, Texas. I'm standing behind the pulpit. I mentioned something to the people, and immediately you get those looks, and those looks tell you they have no idea what you are talking about. And I'm like, well, don't you remember? We did an entire series on this. We spent over five hours, if not more, maybe over six hours, maybe even more than that, teaching on this. In fact, we covered it less than a year ago, like maybe six months ago, seven months ago, right here in this building. And everyone's looking at me like, we have no idea. And they basically tell you, we don't remember it. We don't remember one thing you said. We don't remember the series. We don't remember what was said in the series. We don't even remember you teaching the series. They kind of look around. You can kind of tell, well, well, were we, you know, were, were we here? Were, you know, like, like, hey, maybe we missed those church services. Of course, well, all the messages are online. But, but, but you immediately realize that the people, or at least I realize, this is not a hypothetical, it's a real situation. <laughs> the people did not remember even me teaching the series. They didn't remember anything about the series. They didn't remember anything about it. It was as if I spent all of that time working and preparing and teaching. And it was just, what's a nice way of saying? It was just thrown into the trash. It was just, it, it, it slipped into a black hole to never be seen again. It, it, it fell into the abyss. It, it was flushed. I mean, I don't know what, what's, what's a nice way of saying it. It literally obviously meant nothing because the people, not only do they not remember, they did not retain one thing from the teaching. They did not remember anything. Now, this raises a very important question, and this is the question for today's focus. Your focus today is this. What are the responsibilities for church members? Let me ask you this. Is it a responsibility of a church member? So what are the responsibilities and is it a responsibility? And specifically what I'm referring to, is it a responsibility of a church member to remember, to retain, to meditate on, to think about the things that are taught from the pulpit at their church? What are the responsibilities of church members for the things that they are given by their pastor who spends hours working, hours sacrificing, hours to give them teaching? What responsibility do they have? Or is it just like, well, you know, I remember it. I don't remember it. I don't really care. Hey, pastor, you just do the work. You sacrifice your time and effort. You show up here. You give me something I want. And whether I remember it or not, I don't care. The, the responsibility is all on you, pastor. It's on you. You better first preach what I want to hear 
because if I don't like it, I'm going to let you know. You better preach what I agree with, because if I don't agree with it, I'll let you know. And you make sure you're prepared, and you make sure you're ready, and you make sure you sacrifice your time. You make make sure you put forth the effort. But as far as my responsibility as a church member, you know, I don't have to remember anything. I don't have to retain it. I don't have to remember remember it. I don't even have to have spent any time applying the, the message in any meaningful way. What is the responsibility? You know, this is where we're going to have the never-ending conflict that I say exists in churches. The perspective from behind the pulpit is always very different from the perspective for those sitting in the pew. And the two perspectives never quite ever connect. From the pulpit perspective, you're like, look, this is the word of God. I am teaching you the word of God. This is all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is the very word of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. That you are to take this book and you do have responsibilities for what I give you. That's the, that's the perspective of the pastor. The pastor is like, I'm putting forth the effort. I'm putting forth the time. I'm sacrificing. I could be doing what I want to do. I could be having fun. I could be, I could be, I could be enjoying hobbies, but I'm putting forth the effort. And then I show up at church. I pour all of that effort out to you. The expectation from the pulpit is that you're going to care about it. You're going to, you're going to possibly treasure it. You're going to hold on to it. You're going to remember it. You're going to retain it. You're going to think about it. You're going to talk about it. You're going to know it. You're going to use it. That, that's the perspective from the pulpit. Now, I don't know what the perspective is from the pew. I really don't because when I sat in the pew as a church member, I was always very sensitive to the fact that I knew the pastor put forth the work. So I, I've told the story before. I, I, I didn't do it every single week, but as close as I could, I tried every single Monday, if possible, to call the pastor of any church I attended and say, hey, from the sermon, and say something good about it, or, oh, I had a question about this. Let them know that I not only remembered what was preached, I'm still thinking about it, I'm still working on it and I'm going to remember it and I'm going to retain it because it means a lot to me. I tried that and I did that as a church member, not as someone who was a pastor. But what, 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 what is the response? I think people in the pew, I, I, I don't want to speak for them, but I think it's very easy for people in the pew just to say, you know, Whatever, it was a sermon. Okay, it's good. Sermon, church is over. What am I having for lunch? And, and within a couple of hours, it's already, it's already, it's already slipping away. And I look and study after study demonstrates that the average church member does not retain what was by Sunday night, 50 to 60% of the sermon preached Sunday morning has already gone. And by Wednesday, pretty much a hundred percent of it is gone. By the following Sunday, there's no question. They've already forgotten what was preached the Sunday before. It's just content. It's just words. They have a million things to look at and listen to. It, it really doesn't mean that much. Now, I know we don't want to say that. I know, no, no. I know we don't want to say that. But I'm just saying, if we can just be honest, who cares about feelings? If we can just be honest, maybe this is the real question. What we do at church on Sundays doesn't really mean anything. 
Maybe that's the reality nobody wants to admit, that the whole thing is just a frivolous waste of time. The pastor put forth all that work. He stands and preaches. No one's going to remember. No one cares. It's a waste of time. They go to church for a million other reasons. They don't really care about what is taught until they hear something they disagree with. Then they care very, 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 very much. If they disagreed with the sermon, oh, they'll be thinking about it and talking about it for weeks to come. Oh, then you're going to get engagement. But if they, if it's not something that makes them angry or something they disagree with, it's just, it's another sermon. It comes, it goes. Another sermon, it comes, it goes. Week after week after week. While we use all of this money to build these buildings, pay the salaries. We do, we go through and it's all a frivolous waste of time. It's like little kids playing house. We're playing dress up. That that's, and you can say, man, that's a jaded feel. I just think that there's a, look, there's too many studies that show nobody's retaining sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. What do we find out? Biblical illiteracy is at an all-time high. Sermon after sermon after sermon. Christians are are theologically illiterate. Sermon after sermon after sermon. Sunday school after Sunday school. Small group after small group. There's been a million things, and and, and yet nobody can figure out. Nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to retain anything. What? Nobody seems to have any basic biblical knowledge. And so everyone blames the church. It's the quality of the sermons. I don't think I don't think it matters the quality of the sermon. Nobody remembers the sermon from the week before anyway. So what is the responsibility of those sitting in the pew? If you look up the word responsibility, you find this definition. The state or fact of having a duty to deal with something The state or fact of having a duty to deal with something. The state or fact of having a duty. What is the duty of the person sitting in the pew when the word of God is preached? What is their duty? Do they have a duty to show up to church prepared? That's a good question. Do they have a responsibility to show up to church prepared, physically, mentally prepared? They've gotten rest. They've had, maybe they've eaten breakfast. They're ready to go. They woke up in plenty of time. They show up on time. They're not running late. They have their Bible. They have a notebook and they're ready to learn. And do they have a responsibility when the sermon is over to think about it, to meditate on it, to discuss it, to talk about it so that they can retain it? Do they have any responsibility to actually look at the notes that they write down? Do they have any responsibility or they can just show up when they want, how they want? Is is there any responsibility on those sitting in the pew? Everyone will talk about the responsibility of the one behind the pulpit. And if the one doesn't meet the responsibility behind the pulpit, then people want him fired. They want this. They want, what about the responsibility of the people sitting in the pew? And this is why many pastors, we, 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 we want to know why there are these services out there where people just say, hey, I'm going to pay to have my sermons written. I'm just going to buy these boxed sermons. And people are like, how dare they do that? It doesn't matter what you preach anyway. No one's going to remember. Spend 14 hours studying. It doesn't matter. When I say no one, obviously I'm speaking in general terms because I'm going to get people going. But I care. Okay, that's great. Wonderful. Then it doesn't apply to you. All right. That's great. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But think about the people in your church in general. 
I mean, do your own social experiment. Right? This coming Sunday. Or or it's Thursday. Start contacting people you know who you go to church with and ask them, hey, so what did you think about last Sunday's sermon? And see what they retain. Just ask, just try to come up with four or five questions about last Sunday's sermon and see what people remember. Do they even remember the text? Do they remember any of the major points? It's Thursday. You'll be shocked how many can't even remember the text. Now, you would hope if you've been, but now this is, <laughs> this has happened to me and it's shocking. We've been like in the same book for like two years and I'll say, okay, so where are we? And people look around like they don't know. And it's like, you know, I don't know. We've been in first Corinthians for two years. You don't remember where we are. So sometimes I'm not, okay. Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole, but there's been definitely situations where we've been somewhere for a long time and someone would like not, not have a clue where we are. And you're like, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I even putting forth effort? Why? Why don't put forth any effort? Just pay to have your sermons written for you and just stand up and just give them the canned presentation. In fact, they may re- they may retain the canned presentation more than they remember the, th- the one that's completely thought out. But for me, what happened was we're in the book of Jeremiah. We're in the book of Jeremiah. And in the book of Jeremiah, there are these kings that are mentioned in the book of Jeremiah. There are these kings. And we came down to one of the kings in the book of Jeremiah. And his name, and I'll go through all of his name, okay? His, first, we have Jehoiakim, who was also called Eliakim. He reigned for 11 years, and he died in Jerusalem. He was followed by his son Jehoiachin, who is also called Jeconiah, and is also called Kaniah. His reign lasted only three months. Nebuchadnezzar took him to Babylon, where eventually he died. In Jeremiah 22, there's basically a curse placed upon Jeconiah, basically. Hey, hey, no one from his seed will ever rule, will ever sit on the throne of David. Never. It will never happen. And then you go to Matthew and Jeconiah shows up in the genealogy of Jesus. And you're like, well, wait a minute. How does this work? Does this curse, does this disqualify Jesus from sitting on the throne of David? And then you have to go through all the different ways. So if you look on the Church One app, or you can probably even find it on the Sermons 2.0 app, or you can probably find it on any of the podcasting apps, look for Curse of Jeconiah, part one, two, three, four. I don't even remember how many total parts. And you will hear that we spent multiple hours inside the sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church covering this. So we're in Jeremiah 22. I mentioned, hey, this is Jeconiah. Keniah, don't ever, does everyone remember what we talked about, and no one, no one could remember. No one could even remember that we did the series. It had been one thing if they couldn't remember what was actually said. They couldn't remember the actual solution. They couldn't even remember that we did the series. So that got me thinking, what is the responsibility of the people in the pew? Now, you think church would be different than obviously people listening to me on a podcast. Right? You think, now, now I have been told by people who listen to the podcast that they remember the series. 
the people who listen to the podcast, they remember the theory, but the people in the church doesn't. So you would think you would, you would have, you, there would be no responsibility of people listening to a podcast, right? I mean, what responsibility do they have, right? I mean, they're listening to a podcast. They're not a church member. They have no responsibility to remember. So why would they remember? Right? So, so like, what, what, what's the deal? What, 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 I don't know. You, you, you tell me. What, 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 what's the expectation? Now, I do know this. While I was thinking about this and this whole, really just trying to formulate this as a question for you to think about, because you may have a difference of opinion. You may think that people don't have any responsibility. You may say, you know what? Church members, they don't have any responsibility they, they can show up. They don't have to show up. They can listen. They cannot listen. They can remember. They don't have to remember. They can retain. They don't have to retain. And that's great if, that, if, if that's what you think. But then you would have to ask yourself, what is the responsibility of the pastor? You say, well, the Bible lays out more responsibilities for the pastor. Okay. Maybe you're right, but it doesn't say how much he has to study, does it? I mean, you know, I mean, like if the people aren't going to retain it, they'd have no responsibility. Why should the pastor put forth much effort? I mean, like, I mean, you, you, you do have to look at and and it does call call into question all the money and time and effort it's spent it's it, that is spent to maintain church buildings. What's the point of maintaining church buildings if no one can re- remember or retain anything that's happening there anyway? But while I was thinking about all of this, I had here the newest issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper, and on page eleven. Page 11, here's what I read. First, they have two scriptures quoted. The first one is this. I'm going to turn to it in my Bible. I could read it right from the paper, but Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Is it a Christian's responsibility to meditate on God's word day and night? And if it's their responsibility to meditate on God's word day and night, if that is a responsibility that a Christian should at least say, I'm never going to do this perfectly and I'm always going to fall short and only Christ fulfills this for me. I do agree this is a law that condemns. It is a law passage. But it still tells me what is my my responsibility. If you are supposed to be meditating on God's word day and night, don't you think the least you could do is maybe meditate a little bit on what was preached in your church? How about Psalm 119? How about Psalm 119? How about Psalm 119? Verse 99. Psalm 119, verse 99. Psalm 119. Verse 99, we read this. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Do you really meditate on not only the word of God, on what is taught? What I have found, this is what I have found. The the times that people are the most engaged with my teaching. This is in a church setting, not podcast. But in church setting, the people who typically are the most engaged in my teaching, 
who really, who want to call me and talk about it are the people who disagree with me. Like before the disagreement, they rarely call. They rarely say anything about my sermons. They don't say anything. But when they, when they start getting upset, then all of a sudden they are engaged. Then they want to prove me that I'm wrong. Then they want to show me where I'm wrong. Then they're engaged. Then they're studying. Then they're talking. They're probably talking about it outside of church. They're talking to other people about it. But oh, but when, when they agree, you don't hear anything. So, so I always know what you need to do if I really want engagement to happen in my church is I just preach things that I know the people are going to disagree with. That will get some, that will increase engagement 110%, which is ridiculous that it requires <laughs> disagreement to get people actually engaged. I'm going to read a little bit from this article. Meditation upon God's word is fast becoming a lost art among many Christians. Do you think meditating on God's word is fast becoming a lost art among many Christians? Clearly, they're they're not meditating on the sermon. (laughs) Clearly, they're not thinking about that. The holy exercise of pondering over the word, chewing it as an animal chews its cud to get its sweetness and nutritive virtue into the heart and life takes time, which ill fits into the speed of our modern age. To sit there and just chew on it, to chew on it, not to just just gobble it down, no, but to really chew on it, to try to get all of the nutrients, all of its sweetness. Do you think Christians do that now? Or we just move, 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 go, 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 go. Today, most Christian, most Christians devotions are too hurried and their lives too rushed, but holiness and hurry never did suit well together. Prayer and preoccupation have always been strange bedfellows. A head knowledge of the word may perhaps be constant uh, with, with the scurry of the age, but not a deep heart experience of its preciousness. A deep knowledge of the spiritual things can only be only come by way of unhurried reflection upon God's truth. We need to give earnest heed to the hymn, take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide in him always and feed on his word. The fervor of the ancient psalmist for the word of God needs to grip our hearts today. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That is Psalm 119, 97. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey and to my mouth. Psalm 19, verses 9 through 10. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. We need to heed the Lord's injunction to Joshua. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Joshua 1.8. Like Isaac, who went out to meditate in the field at eveningtide, Genesis 24.63, we need to cultivate the practice of holy reflection. 
Now, if you're going to say you love God's word, you cherish God's word, you treasure it. It is your spiritual food. It is your meat. It is your milk. It is, a, it is, it is your spiritual weapon. When you say all of those things, that's great to confess it. But should it not then manifest itself with, I don't know, remembering what is preached? thinking about what is preached. Because when you go to church, what do you go to church for? For someone to open up the word of God and say, let's study it. Let's dig in. Let's figure, hey guys, we got this person, Jeconiah, he's cursed, but he shows up over here in the genealogy of Jesus. Does that disqualify Jesus from sitting on the throne of David? We've got to figure this out. And you spend hour after hour after hour after hour trying to figure it out. And then less than a year, what, six months, seven months, I think from the last sermon, I'd have to look up the dates. You don't even remember that it was preached? What was preached last Sunday in your church? Don't look at notes. Do you remember it at all? Have you spent any time thinking about it, meditating on it? Have you had good conversations about it? Now, this cannot be turned into a situation where you say, hey, if you're not doing this, if you're not remembering it, and if you're not studying it, that proves you're not saved. I'm not going to do that. No, 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 no. It proves how sinful we are, and it proves that we care and think about other things more than God, and that we love other things more than God's word, and which shows us that we need Christ, and that but Christ did these things for us, and in him our salvation is secure. So it should drive us to Christ, but it should also humble and convict us and make us ask ourselves, why is it that we just don't really care? Think about this. It is August the 24th. It is August the 24th, okay? It is August the 24th. I'm going to go back here. The first Sunday in August was August the 6th. August the 6th. That was the first Sunday in August, right? That was the first Sunday in August. August the 6th. You ready? What was preached in your church on August the 6th? Do you remember what was preached? Do you remember anything about the sermon at all? Or is it completely gone? Now, at the same time, do you remember what movies you've watched since August the 6th? Do you remember what TV shows? Do you remember what fun things you've done? Do you remember things you've done since August the 6th? How many things do you remember between August the 6th and now? And how much of the sermon do you retain? I guarantee you so many other things you remember. You may remember movies, TV shows, get together with friends and family. You may remember a million things. You may remember conversations you've had with other people. You may remember things you said on social media. You may remember a meme that you were shown, but it'll be shocking how much of God's word you don't even remember what was preached. And just think about this. If you don't even remember the sermon that was preached at your church on August the 6th, Is it really worth all the money 
to have those buildings, pay that salary? Is it really worth for the pastor to put forth any effort if before the month of August is over, you don't even remember the first sermon that was preached in your church in August? I bet you many of you don't remember the sermon that was preached on August the 6th or the following Sunday or the following Sunday. If your church was to start a practice that when you showed up on Sunday, the first thing you were handed was a 10-question test about everything that happened the previous Sunday. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Would you pass it? Or would you be humiliated and embarrassed? Or would you just not really care one way or the other? I'm going to end with reading these scriptures again. Psalm 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 119.99, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Psalm 119.97, oh, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Psalm 119.103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 19, verses 9 and 10, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. And then Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1, 8. What is the responsibility of those sitting in the pew? Is it a responsibility of those sitting in the pew to retain and remember any of God's word? Or is the reality is no one really cares and it's all just a show and everyone's really just wasting their time. You can email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. That is newsif at yahoo.com. That is your today's focus for this Thursday, August the 24th, 2023.